speak to the Holy Spirit. We confess, Holy Spirit, that tonight we have no power of our own. We fully rely on you. We fully depend on you. Holy Spirit, oh God, you are God all by yourself. You are the teacher. You are the guide. You are the power. You are everything that we are not. Holy Spirit, take your place. Move however you want to. We put our expectation on you and you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's good to rely on the Holy Spirit because it takes the pressure off of you to do anything. Just stand here. Be empty and be a vessel. Amen. 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 It's good to be in church. <laughs> it's good to be in church. I was coming to church. But um, tonight, the Holy Spirit is going to do what he wants to do. Um, I know that every time, as Elder Ben was saying, that every time we gather as believers, the Holy Spirit will move however he wants to move. As long as we have the faith, that's all we need. Just believe, and anything is possible, just as Jesus said. Amen. 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 So, how much time do I have? I'll take this as whatever <laughs> the Holy Spirit done. Okay, um, tonight my message is, I hope it's short, but we'll see where the Holy Spirit wants to take us. But we're going to start off with the book of John, chapter 4. John, chapter 4, verse 39 to 42. John, chapter 4, verse 39 to 42. And I'll just read it. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So they stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because of what we heard of him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Let me read that verse 42 again. It says, they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we heard him ourselves. Can everyone say ourselves? Ourselves. ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Amen. I believe that in this season, in the world, all around the world, there's definitely a lot of chaos, uncertainty. There's definitely a lot of blurred lines. And even as I'm back at work, and even as I'm just looking at the television and media, I see that right now it is really important as believers that we know where we stand. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And it is so important now that we stand for something and that something is Christ. But the issue is that as believers, some of us have been believers for maybe a long time. Some of us have been believers for a short time. The thing is, what we've been hearing 
whether it's from Elder K, Elder Ben, Elder Kofi, Elder Willie, what we've been hearing, are we following it because we have heard it simply from them or we have ourselves our own revelation of what God is speaking through them? Not just them, but just about Christ in general. There are times where I come and sit here, whether it's Lord's Supper, where it is the word of God, and I hear the word that is coming, and it's coming in power, but for some reason, it has not resonated with me. I know that the Lord is speaking through our leaders, but for some reason, for me, myself, I haven't taken in that portion to say that, yes, I know for myself that indeed this is true. And I believe that as believers, we all have to come to the point where we say, I know for myself, not because Elder, Elder K told me, not because Elder Ben told me, not because Elder Kofi told me, because I know for myself, I have a personal conviction that yes, this walk with Christ is important. We have to have it for ourselves. You yourself. Because if you don't have it for yourself, and as the times of the world gets more rough, gets more crazy, you're going to be caught up with the wind and you may not stand on your own. You see, what Elder K does here, what Elder Ben does here, and what Elder Kofi does here with the scriptures and stuff to see if we can get up to it, I believe it's a test. Because if we right now in this space cannot hold on to the word of God that is coming from the pulpit, how can we hold on to the word of God out there? Sometimes I ask myself that. If I, if I can't hold on to the word of God, yeah, it may seem like, oh man, I'm busy, you know, I, I'm going to get to it, other K, but it's like, if I can't hold on to it here, how on earth am I going to hold on to it out there? And that's what scared me. Because if I cannot have this word and hold on to it, and then the next week, next week other K asks me, hey, what did you learn last week? I don't know. I was busy. Imagine what the enemy can do to me out there. Because as Elder Ben said, the word has power. The word is our protection. The word is our sword. It is our weapon. And if we forget to bring our weapon, even in the house of the Lord, what's going to happen to us out there? In my time away, I realized that my understanding of why prayer is important, why word is important, has to be revealed to me. It's great that other case passionate about scripture, but I have to be passionate about scripture because I know it's important. It's great that Elder Ben is passionate about praying, but if I don't catch the vision for myself, I would never be able to practice it on my own, diligently. These things, these practices that we do is not merely just a copycat of, uh, what does the Hebrew say? It's just, um, the uh, Hebrew says, of ordinances that we just do simply because it's tradition and it's ritual. But at this point in our walk with the Lord, it has to be something of our own conviction that we do. Because if you don't do it for our own conviction, we will not last. We will not last. And as I was meditating upon the word, at first I wasn't even going to preach this. It was a whole other thing, but you know, God does what he wants. And then the Holy Spirit let, I was like, why is this important? The Holy Spirit led me to the story of Aaron and the golden calf. So I'm going to jump to Exodus 32 real quick, and this will give us more clarity of what the Lord wants us to speak. I'm going to be jumping around, so let's turn to Exodus 32. And 
And I'll read from verse 1 to 8 and then jump down to verse 19 to 25. So just follow along. Right now I'm reading verse 1 to 8, NLT version, Exodus 32. It says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Aaron was the high priest, Moses' brother, appointed by God, anointed by God. They said, come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow, Moses, who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron, the one who has been anointed by God, the high priest of the Lord, the royal priesthood, he said, this is what he said, he said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and the sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron, the high priest, the royal priest, the anointed by God. Then Aaron took this gold, melted it, molded it into the shape of a calf, and when the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh Israel, these are the gods who brought us out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw, Aaron the high priest saw how excited the people were, so, that, so he built an altar in front of the calf. This is the high priest of God. Then he announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Verse 6, the people got up early. Say, the people got up early. The people got up early. The next morning to bring sacrifices, burnt offerings, and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feastings and drinks, and they indulged in pagan revelry. Then the Lord told Moses, quick, Go down to the mountain. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly, say how quickly, how quickly, they turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They melted down gold, made a calf, and they bowed down and sacrificed to it. And they say, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. So this was Aaron, high priest anointed by God, the royal priesthood, chosen generation, has been appointed by God, has initiated paganism amongst the people of God. Let's see what happens when Moses comes back down. Let's jump to verse 19. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf that they made and burned it. And they, then he ground it into the powder and threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, what did these people do to you to make them bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't be so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it into the fire and it came out and came out this calf. How convenient. Moses saw that Aaron had led the people completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. This was Aaron, the first high priest of Israel. And sometimes I was, as I was meditating upon this, I was like, as soon as Moses left, this high priest allowed these people to create a calf in replace of the one true living God. You see, the problem with Aaron was that Aaron 
did not, even though Aaron was right by Moses' side, even though Moses spoke the words to Aaron to speak on behalf of Israel to the Pharaoh, even though Moses was the one who was literally, um, um, what, how do you say? He was in cahoots or he was in partnership with Aaron because God appointed Aaron to be his partner. Even though he was so close, even closer than Joshua probably, he still was suspect to allowing the people of Israel to manipulate him, to allow him to go astray from what the Lord has spoken to him. As soon as Moses left, that's what Aaron allowed himself to do. Because Aaron simply did not catch the vision for himself. Do you see what happens when we don't allow the Lord to speak for ourselves, when we are so dependent? Not to say that depending on leaders is wrong, but when you don't catch the vision for yourself, you are easily led astray if you for yourself are not convicted that this is what the Lord spoke to me. This is who I am, a child of God. Sometimes I think Aaron is like us when we go outside in the world. We come to church when, of course, with Elder Ben or Elder Kays around us, we won't do anything of ungodly such. But when we get out there, then we kind of get wishy-washy. And we kind of become unsure. We say things and we do things and we laugh at jokes and we start mocking and doing things that we're not supposed to do. And we don't realize that we've compromised ourselves because simply we did not catch the vision for ourselves. We did not catch the vision of who we are as believers for ourselves. It is so important. Because if you don't catch it for yourself, when you go out there, you'll be led astray so easily. These times that we are in, the Bible repeatedly tells us to be sober. To be sober. I don't know how many times Paul tells, whether it's the Colossians, the Ephesians, the Philippians, he says to be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant. That is our task right now in this day of age. Yes, aspire to get your dreams. Of course, there's space for that. But in that, be sober, be vigilant. Know who you are as a believer. Know why you come to these Friday meetings. Not simply because, oh, if I don't come, other kids are going to ask me why I didn't come. I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm supposed to be an example. If I don't come here, no, that's not your reason why to be here. Why are you here? Why do you do the things you do? Why do you participate in prayers? Why do you participate in reading the word? Why do you participate in communion? You have to ask yourself these things. Because if you don't, you will be led astray. If my convictions as a believer is dependent on what my parents told me alone and I don't have that personal conviction for myself, as soon as they're gone, I'll do whatever I want. And that's where we're only hurting ourselves because when Jesus comes, I'm not going to be hand in arm with my parents. And that's the revelation that we need. When I come here... When I partake in the things of God, when I'm instructed by my leaders, do I have that personal conviction for myself? Because if I don't, I will be led astray. I'll be like Aaron. That as soon as they're gone, when I'm amongst sinners, when I'm amongst people who don't have the mind of Christ, I'll be easily led astray. And then as soon as they come back, I'll be like, I don't know. It just happened. May God have mercy on us. Yeah. These are the times that we're living in. 
These are the times that God has called us to be sober. These are the times that God has called us to really take a stand of who we are as believers. We should not be led astray by these things. You see, in the bird, in the Matthew 24, I think it's Matthew 24, when it talks about the ten virgins, the ten wise and the ten foolish, the ten wise had their own personal conviction that they knew their responsibility was to produce and to keep oil for themselves. But the ten virgins, the foolish ones, they were like, yeah, I'm just a virgin. Yeah, I'm just a Christian. I just come. I participate. You know, I do whatever other people tell me to do. And now I'm good. But that's not enough. That was how, that's the mindset of the ten foolish virgins. They just came, just participated. They went home and they did it over and over again as a cycle, but no personal conviction. But the ones that were wise, that kept the oil, they're like, okay, even if they're not there, when I go home, I need to make time for prayer. When I go home, I need to make time for the word because that's how I keep my oil running. That's how I keep the oil preserved. See, when I realized that I was a foolish virgin, I had to make a decision and say, okay, I have to make my mind up that either I get myself aligned with what God has called me to do or who I am in Christ or I'll be swept away. And all the works that I've done will be burned up like chaff. We have to understand who we are and why we're doing it. Even as you have come here, why is your reason for coming here? Google, what's your reason for coming here? Vivian, what's your reason for coming here? Terry, what's your reason for coming here? Andy, what is your reason for coming here? What, what is all your reasons for coming here? Why are you here on a Friday night for prayers? You could be home. But why are you here? My prayer is that God will help us to be like those who heard the Samaritan woman. It's like, we did not just believe based on what you told us, but we for ourselves have gotten that revelation. I'm telling you, if you don't, you'll be coming to and fro out of this building, and you will never know that you need to check yourself as a believer. We are in times, we're living in times that are not safe for believers. There's going to be a time where we literally have to take a stance and really be persecuted. And I believe that's what God is preparing his church to do, to really be so resilient to the point where we don't care about what people think to, about us. It's going to come a time when we're really going to be tested. Yeah, we're all safe in these four corners. When we go out there by ourselves, we're going to be so tested and persecuted. And I'm praying that you and I will be ready for that. Amen. And here, everyone agrees with you. Everyone. Like, it's so easy. Like, yeah, I can speak, preach the gospel. I can stand up here. No one's going to, unless it's Elder Kane, I say something wrong. And he will just, like, try to do a little back and forth. But at the end of the day, everyone agrees with me. What about out there? Am I ready to stand tall and stand firm for Christ? That's the question you have to ask yourself. I ask myself that every day. Am I able to stand out there? Let's say if I was doing missionary or somewhere and I didn't come to church, nobody, I, nobody knows who I'm a Christian. Am I able to stand out there and represent Christ and stand on my own two feet with the personal conviction that Holy Spirit has given me? It is so important. It is so important. So how do we make sure that we are not foolish virgins? How do we make sure that we're not errant? Yes, we have the title of high priest. We are royal priesthoods, but that's, that title is not enough. Aaron proves that. It's not enough to be anointed. He was the first high priest, and look at what he did. How much more you and I? It's not enough for the title. 
So how do we stay in alignment? How do we stay in alignment? How do we walk in perseverance? How do we walk sober-minded, vigilant? It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. True dependence on Holy Spirit. Communion with Holy Spirit. How many of us can say that we at least spend one hour with God? Raise your hand, be honest. How many of us can say we can at least spend one hour with God? Thank you for your honesty. Let's be honest, it's not about judgment. That takes stock of your life. Sometimes, I think I, think I was talking, talking about this with Evans, and I was like, Evans, when people pursue their education, the things that they do, they'll literally leave church for like four years and until they're done, and then come back. The sacrifice that they make for education, the sacrifice that they make to become doctors, lawyers, like they will take a loan, be in debt, just to get the certificate that does not take them to heaven. But our sacrifice as believers, where is it? People will go into half a million dollar debt to get a certificate. But then when it comes to, for those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh along with his passion and desires, we can't do that. Do you see the disparity there? Do you see the double standard? That's the question. What are we willing to do, especially in these times? See, when it comes to prayer, right? One thing I learned about prayer, I think I was watching Raven Hill one day. Raven Hill, by the way, is the funniest person alive. I, if, I, if, I, if he was alive, me and him would probably be best friends. He said, prayer is work. Prayer is work. Before I didn't think, oh, you know, I'll do what I feel like, you know, led by the Spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer is work. We are here. You see what Elder Ben made us pray? If we did not pray, that situation would be rotten, would be sick, it would not improve at all. Prayer moves things. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer does what is impossible. And prayer is work. The flesh does not like prayer. The Bible says the carnal mind is a enmity against God. It cannot do the things of God or please do the things that are pleasing to God. And that carnal mind, that flesh is an enemy to prayer. And that's where Galatians 5.24 comes in. Those who are Christ crucified the flesh along with its passions and desires. So when Holy Spirit's waking me up to pray at 4 in the morning, I'm just like, yeah, it's time to go back to sleep. What am I going to do then? I'm going to submit to the flesh or I'm going to submit to the Spirit, get up, go wash my face, and start kabain and kabo because you'll never know what the Holy Spirit's trying to make you pray at that moment. That's the lifestyle that we live. We are subject to the things of righteousness. Our bodies are instruments of righteousness. What if Holy Spirit tells you, hey, I know Saturday that your, your friends have this thing, but I need you to stay home and pray with me for four hours because I need you to do something. Are you willing to accept that assignment? Are you willing to take that sacrifice? You know, we quote Romans 12. You know, we should present our bodies as living sacrifice. That's what it means to be living sacrifice, people. When God tells you, yes, you cannot hang out with your friends today, but you got to come and pray, living sacrifice. Putting the things of the world aside for the purpose and the plans of God, for the kingdom of God. We pray prayers, Lord, make me hungry. But when he gives you an assignment that will, 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 will instill that hunger, we don't take it. We pray prayers, Lord, make me like David, make me like this, make me like that. But when he places us in positions to make us as such, we don't take it. And then we question why we are stagnant in the first place. The reality of Christianity is denying yourself. Denying yourself. 
Some of us, I don't think we're willing to do the reality. I don't think some of us are ready to do that. I just want us to be truthful with ourselves because we come here and we're comfortable in our convenience, but we don't realize what the true cost is. The Bible says that if anyone's going to build a house, he counts the cost. That's what Jesus says. Count the cost before you follow me because it's a pricey cost. Following the Holy Spirit is a cost. Patrick Kuhlman will say that the consecrated life is a lonely life. If we truly want to be in the places where God wants us to be, it's going to take sacrifice. That's why I'm saying it's not enough. I know Elder K has his own personal conviction that inspires me, but that inspiration is not enough. Elder Ben has his own personal inspiration from God and visions from God that inspire me, but it's not enough. It's not. I remember one time Elder Ben had this really, really like powerful vision from God. Like it was a plan to do something. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was on the phone with him. And I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, God, I'm not passionate about this. Like. I know, I don't know, I don't know the way, I don't understand it. And I had to pray to God. I had to pray to God. I had to ask God, God, show me why is this important. Show me what you have shown Elder Ben. Show me, show me. And then it's like it was only till like I think two weeks ago when he really showed me the necessity of what that vision was for. And I asked God for mercy. Because had I not caught that vision, I would have just done the work passively. I wouldn't have understood the importance of why we need to do this thing, this assignment. And see, that's what Aaron didn't do. He was with Moses, did the work. I'm telling you, he did the work. He saw more miracles than you and I combined. Yet he still allowed, he was still led into that path. But then there was Joshua. See, Joshua got. I think Joshua was just in the sidelines and he was just so intrigued by what God was doing in Moses' life that he, he was the one that stayed behind in the tabernacle. No one, God didn't call him to do that, but he voluntarily put himself in a position to receive and see the power and the grace and the, and the anointing from God. So that's why when Moses died, it wasn't passed on to Aaron's sons or Aaron, it was passed on to Joshua. Joshua wasn't anointed. He wasn't a royal priesthood. He wasn't a high priest. But he was diligent. He followed suit. He sought for himself. Without anybody had to call him, say, hey, hey, come, come and lead praise. Hey, hey, come and stay with me. Come and wait with me. Well, the Lord. No, he, he purposed in his heart to do and to see what God can do. That's why it's only him and Caleb that made it to the promised land because they caught the vision. I don't want it to be that when God is calling us to do something great, I know God has called PLMC to do great things. I always say it. We are the, what I always say, um, we are the generation, we are Jacob, the generation that sees God. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. It's a great anthem, but we have to actually be that generation. Because once other K is gone, once other Ben is gone, once my dad is gone, the mantle is on us. The rea that's the reality. And are we ready to take it? Are we ready to take it? And I don't want you to just take it because it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. But you see for yourself the importance of why you need to take it. I pray that we'll see it for ourselves. Because if you don't see it for yourself, you won't, you won't last. You won't. You will not last. 
Some of us have not made ourselves to be a living sacrifice. We haven't. We've done the bare minimum for God. There was this woman that said that she, I think she was an unbeliever and then she, I don't know if David Wilkerson led her to Christ, but she looked at what Christ has done by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and she, she saw that all the things that Christ had to do just to set her free. She's like, and the response was, I owe him. I, I, I have to give my life back to him. That's the only reasonable response. But I don't think some of us have caught that yet. That's the sad part. We read the book of John. When you read the book of John, you see the teachings of Jesus are so hard to understand. I was reading the book of John and I was more on the side of the Pharisees than the side of Jesus. We said, oh, you have to drink my blood and eat my bread. I'm like, they were like, but the teaching is so hard. Who can understand it? I was like, yeah, that's right. Who can understand it? But though they, by, they didn't understand, but we have the spirit of God who unveils to us the mysteries of God. But the question is, that's why Jeremiah 29 says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. That's the thing. Are we doing it with all our heart or are we just doing it, you know, when we have spare time? After everything we've done, we take like that 15 minutes for God and be like, okay, God, here we go. You have to seek him with all your heart. That's the only way you will find him. There's, there are things that God wants to show us but if we don't position ourselves for it, we're never going to see it. That's why you have to be willing. He won't force you. He won't force you. My prayer is that God will help us to make up our minds. Make, really make up our minds, especially for the youth. I know we're doing A, B, C, D, and E, but you have to make up for your mind for yourself. Like, God has called you to this now, in it for the long haul. No matter what suffering may come, no matter what persecution may come, that's why you have to start now, because when the persecution comes, you will be ready to endure it. I don't think some of us are ready for the persecution that's about to come. I don't think we are, because we're too comfortable in here. My prayer is that we will get uncomfortable. My prayer is that as we are here, the teachings that are coming from Elder Ben, Elder K, Elder Kofi, and Elder Willie is not just like, okay, yeah, we have the we are blessed as PWC to have such leaders that are so invested in the word and prayer. But let it not just be a routine game where Elder K calls you and you don't know, and you're like, okay, uh, and then you come back the next week not knowing again. Be diligent, be sober-minded. This is my last scripture. And this was actually the first scripture that God wanted to preach on, but he was like, just take this for last. First Peter 4, 7. First Peter 4, 7, it says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. The end of the world is coming soon. Everyone say, the end of the world is coming soon. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. When you are here, be disciplined in your prayers. When you are at home, find time to pray. Like, give God at least quality time. Don't give him like five minutes. Give him quality time. Give him time. If you wanted to meet someone that could change your life, you would give him ample time, won't you? 
If you had someone, if you knew someone was going to give you an opportunity of the lifetime, you won't give them five minutes of your day. You will give them ample time, right? I'm just trying to see. So, because sometimes we do the opposite when it comes to God. Give God your quality time. Give him your sacrifice. David said that when David was going to buy the plot of land, and then I forgot his name, one of the people were going to buy for him, he said, I will not give to God what did not cost me. What did not cost me. That's what David said. And funny thing is, because David paid the price for that land, that's the same land that the, the temple was built on for when Solomon was going to build the temple. The same land that David refused to let someone pay for him, but he took his own sacrifice and put it on that land, that's the same land that Solomon built the temple on. Your sacrifice will bear fruit. We have to make the sacrifice. And that's what God's calling us to. It says, therefore, become living sacrifices. Present yourself. That's how we have to present ourselves. As a living sacrifice. Not as anything else. Not as anything else. It says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. If you do not have a prayer life, please start now. Don't let this Friday alone be a prayer life for you. Actually schedule prayer in your life. Whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, whether it's at night, be intentional about it. It's like you study time, schedule time to study, schedule time for prayer. At first, it's going to be hard, of course, because your mind is going in different directions, but I'm telling you, be practical about prayer. And you see how the Lord will guide you and lead you. You don't want to be stagnant. Some of us have been stagnant because we actually don't have a prayer life. The only time we pray is when we come here. Be truthful. Let that change. Take stock of your life. The end of the world is coming soon. We are not, we may not even see this building built. Maybe. Hopefully. We pray. But if Jesus comes before then, we have to make sure at least with our lives, we have presented it as a living sacrifice. That is my prayer. That is my prayer. That everything that is done here is not going to be in vain. That the Lord will actually build us up to know for ourselves who he has called us to be, who we are, and we'll walk in it. We'll walk in it. We'll walk in it. This is the word of the Lord. But before we pray, I want you to just close your eyes. Because we're going to pray. We're going to pray intensely. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, convict me in the areas where I have not been a living sacrifice for you. Convict me in the areas where I've depended on the inspiration and the zeal of another to get me through, knowing that that is not enough.
bibliography.